0: Peter Hawkins. I'm a wheelchair athlete. Um, I was hurt in a car accident 40 years ago this coming December. Um, I was, like I said, I was a senior in high school, a football player, a lacrosse player, dabbled in wrestling. I got in the car with a guy who'd been drinking. I thought I made, I was 17 years old. Again, we know everything at 17. I thought I made the right move. I went up to him and I said to him, I said, are you okay to drive? I can remember where we were in the place. and I mean, like it was yesterday. He said, yeah, I'm fine, no problem. I said, okay. We walked out to his car. He drove a 1971 Z20 Camaro. I sat down in the, in the passenger seat. I shut the door. I fell asleep immediately. He got out on the Sunrise Highway. He met up with somebody else who was driving a Datsun 280Z or 260Z or something like that. And they started drag racing. They hit a bump in the road. The cars went airborne. They lost control of the car. The car I was in spun out, rolled twice side over side. My head went through the front. window, I got thrown out the door. I had a cut on my head that was a life-threatening injury because I could have bled to death. Excuse me. Because I could have bled to death. But the, the life-altering injury was I fractured three vertebrae and dislocated my spinal cord, and so I'm paralyzed. It's quite an a adjustment to make when the doctor comes in and tells you that you're paralyzed and you'll never walk again. Um, and at the time he did, you know, he came in and told me about my injuries, and, and he said, you know, you're paralyzed, you'll never walk again. And when I've said that to people, they're like, oh, that was kind of a rude way of saying it, where there's really no nice way to say you're paralyzed, you should never walk again. And I thought, and I actually said to the doctor at the time, I was like, I've been moving my feet this whole time. He said, really? He's like, move your right foot. And so I looked down on my right foot, and it wouldn't go anywhere. It was the first time I really understood just how serious I'd been injured. And you go from being a football player and captain of the football team to being told you'll never walk again, and I'm talking, that's a difference of five weeks. It's quite a wake-up call, and then you have to decide, what do I do now? Because when you really think about it, that was everything you used to identify yourself by was your your ability as an athlete. You know, I wasn't the greatest student, I passed my class and stuff, but I wasn't the greatest greatest student, and so being an athlete is who I was.
1: And then you have to try to figure out, well, what am I going to do now? So when you were an athlete competing at the high school level. I stopped the, at, at the, no, I know. But at the high school right. level, you you developed a competitiveness that
0: gave you an edge. Well, you know, I was competitive just because of I'm um, from a big family. You know, I have five brothers and two sisters and you know, you're always trying to one up the other guy and you are like, oh I can do that better than you can do that. So I was bo- I was brought up in a competitive household. My my parents my mother was a very good athlete, my grandfather was an incredible athlete. So there's a history of it in my family. And so you know, I, I know what it is to work to try to be at that level. Because um, you know, I wanted to be the best I could be, and, so, and I wanted to play. And so in order to do that, I had to prove myself early on. And so you were always kind of fighting behind the eight ball because I was always of the smaller guys on the team. And I moved around a lot. So it wasn't like, well, I had this you know, history. Well, the Hawkins family, no, it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And so every time you came in to a new place, you had to prove yourself that, yes, I'm, I, I had the ability to play. And because I was one of the smaller guys, and I played bigger positions, I played a linebacker and fullback, and, I was one of those, and so you had to prove that everywhere you went. And so that certainly helped me to get to, be, to fight through this obstacle also. And that's all it is. It's all, they're all obstacles, you know. And no obstacle is too great as long as you believe in yourself, and you work at it. Nothing is too great for you to overcome. Um, but what really helped me get through it was my, my mother and father, but my brothers and sisters and all my friends. And then the support I got from my friends was outstanding, you know. And not everybody gets that, and that's unfortunate. But because of my the way my brothers and sisters and all my friends kind of dealt with it and it was never like oh we can't take Pete there because it's got stairs or or we can't go there because Pete's coming and, we, and it's going to be hard to get to they just carried me upstairs they dropped me downstairs and we just did we just did it we did and not all smart things either but <laughs> but we just we just lived our lives as kids as 17 year old kids that was you know it wasn't any different and i was very lucky that i had friends and family that
1: didn't treat me differently because of because of my disability, you know. And now, what was the first athletic thing you attempted to do? Was it weightlifting? Was it? Well, racing? I started.
0: I started lifting weights again. Um, probably was the first thing that I did. And after I started, and you know, some of my teachers um, in high from high school they were runners and they ran marathons. And one Dennis Trubrig, who was a, a chemistry teacher, and he was like he was a big marathon guy. And he actually signed my yearbook. Hey Pete, maybe you'll see the starting line of a marathon someday. And I said, never going to happen. I don't run marathons. I'm not going to push a marathon. Nah, no, not going to do it. And I think it was four years later we're starting at the Long Island Marathon, and he comes hey, "Pete, how you doing?" And I was like, "Hey," and it was just a funny <laughs> moment for me that yeah, you know. And and uh, and, and now, how many marathons have you done? Five. No, I've done, I've done you know, I've done I've done the distance of a marathon over a hundred times. Wow. I, I I couldn't wow. tell you how many times, but, but I've done Long Island 26 or something times. Like, so he was pretty,
1: yeah, he, he was nailed, pretty much on, on the mark.
0: Well, you know, the thing, but, but you don't realize, especially when you're playing football or lacrosse or, or wrestling or whatever sport you play in high school, well, that doesn't translate to a 56-year-old guy playing football, lacrosse, and wrestling. It just doesn't do it. It doesn't happen anymore. Um, now, so, when, when did you try to take on other sports? Um, like I said out of that, some of people have, have uh, like, I've done the, the this water skiing, which is really cool. Um, the, the snow skiing, also very cool. And I like the speed of it, you know, just love the speed of it and the control. It's just, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, I've and, and you've done a little skydiving? I've skydiving. I've jumped 43 times. Um, I've done some rock climbing, um, which is something that a friend of mine called me up. She says, hey, me and my friend are going rock climbing. You want to go? I was like, yeah. And you know, I showed up at Island Rock. Probably 25 years ago. I mean, it could even be more than that. And and everybody in the place, when you start to climb a wall, stops what they're doing. It's like, what's this guy gonna do? And all of a sudden, you're halfway up the wall, and you know. Um, but like, I'm not doing it because I'm trying to prove to anybody. I'm doing it because that's just who I am. You know. You I'm just. It's. it's um, so I would have done that had I not been hurt. You know. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to to my friend Janine's credit, she didn't. You know, balk at the idea. She just said, hey, you want to come rock climbing? And we did. That, that, that's, that speaks a lot to the people that you surround yourself with. Well, you know, I try to surround myself with positive people because I don't like negative. Everything that I do is about the positive. I don't wake up in the morning think, you know, if I woke up in the morning like, oh my god, I'm still in a wheelchair, I'd be miserable to live with. But I don't. I wake up and I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still on the right side of the dirt. You know, and uh, and I realize how lucky I am to be able to live my life and do anything that I want to do. But I just have to focus on it. Maybe I'm, I focus on it a little differently at one point. But you know, I, it's my focus every day I get up is not oh crap I'm still paralyzed. Is you know I'm here I'm living I'm I'm
1: still here I'm, I'm Peter Hawkins and and let's let's go. I think I think a lot of the kids that are going to watch this are in the hospital. Some of them maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. Some of them, uh, they're they're going through debilitating things where they have to make multiple trips Mm -hmm. back to the hospital. And there are days when they're going to feel like, "Why me?" And you know, I'm just going to give up. When you had those days, you must have had you must have had moments. I, I had moments of certainly had moments of why me. Because that's a normal grief
0: and it's a normal, you know, human thought is why me. There's never going to be
1: an answer to why me. But the thing that's important is how you adapted to what you were given. And that wheelchair has taken you places that maybe you never even considered. So when you think about, you know, the travels, you you go (laughs) to... Asia. You I've ra-
0: raced in Thailand, Japan, Korea. I- I've been to Australia. I've been all. Over. I've been in a bunch of different, not necessarily racing, but you know. But but I've been to um, Scotland. I've been to the Czech Republic, Austria, Germany, and you know. But I but I don't go there as, as like, or I don't even think about well I can't go because I'm in a wheelchair. It's just like I go there and I figure it out as I get there, you know, and um, but what's taking me. To different places. It's not necessarily the wheelchair. It's the it's it's that I believe in myself, and I think that ha, had I never been hurt, I would have done some pretty cool things. Also, I've done some incredible things. Mm. You know, so I've had some great experiences. I've met great, great people, that's and right. that's just living your life.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things that's really important, and that you have done, is you have put a hand out. To help others that might be going through tough times, and what did that take for you to say, I want to help somebody else?
0: It's a hard thing to understand, and uh, you know uh, this um, this guy that I'm working with now, Norbert Holloway. I've told him, you know, he laughs because people come up and say hello to me all the time, or you know, say, Hey, Pete, hey, and and he laughs, and I say, Hey, don't laugh. That that's going to be you soon enough. What's made you proud to see him accomplish? Um, well, you know, he just did his first marathon. He did it under under three hours. You know, and, wow. and that was and that was great to watch him. be, You know, and I was lucky enough to be there for, with him. Oh, wow. You know, I did the race also, um, and uh, and it was fun to watch
1: him accomplish that. Oh. Just like the fact the fact that you could sit. And, and watch him accomplish something that you know how important it is in his life mm-hmm. because it was important in your life the first time you accomplished something like a marathon right, right. and you know that this the is I, it, the first time I won a race was, was really cool <laughs> it's, it's got to be an awesome oh, it's incredible, it's, it's incredible. And, and and to now have set him on a path where he might be able to experience that will be an awesome feeling for you. Oh, yeah, no, it's great.
0: But it, I, don't, I don't look at it that way necessarily. I look at it more, like, I don't, um, like, I don't look at it like I've set him on a path. You know, I've been able to be part of that. The other thing, I've been very lucky that I've been able to work with both able-bodied athletes and, and differently-abled athletes, everyone to call it, uh, challenge athletes, um, where I've, I've coached football and I've coached lacrosse at the able-bodied level. And I've worked with able-bodied kids, and because I, I've been there too, and that's one of the things I'm very lucky that I can speak to both sides of that because I've been an able-bodied athlete, a pretty good able-bodied athlete, and I've been a pretty good wheelchair athlete, and and I've been I've experienced that um, at a pretty high level, and not a lot of people ha- can say that, right. you know, and that. Um, you know, to know what it's like to be able to score a touchdown, to be able to, whatever, to, you know, to, to pin a guy, to get pinned, to, to, to be able to do that, you know, to score a goal in lacrosse. You know, i played, I've, I've done gymnastics, I've comp- competed competitively in diving uh, before I was hurt and all that stuff. So I, I'm a very, very lucky person to have had those experiences, you know, and, you know, you can think of what I've lost because being, having you know, been paralyzed, been in a wheelchair, but there are many people who are able to be walking upon that have no idea what it's like to be able to compete at that level, and how lucky I am that I have those experiences, and to know what it's like to um, to outrun somebody. You know, there's something that is so cool about being able to go around make that turn around the bend, and outrun the guy to the end zone. You know, there are people that don't know the thrill of that, you know, and how lucky I am for that. You know The way I are getting out of my van, like I said, it's unlike anything anybody else does. And I, I think a big part of why it works is because the moment I did it, I knew it was going to work. I didn't think, I didn't go out to do it. I, had, I got the van in 1986, and I didn't tell anybody how I was going to get into my van. Because if I had, everybody I told would have told me you're never gonna be able to do that. But I had already, I started working out again and I got some strength back and I could do a pull-up. So in my head I'm thinking, why can't I pull myself into the van? And so that's how I'm gonna do it. And like I said, I went and I bought, I bought a van, it's sitting in my driveway. I'm gonna have it customized and everybody's like, well, you're gonna get a lift, or, you know, I'm not, how are you gonna do it? It's like, I have an idea. So the van's in my driveway and I went outside. I'm 22 years old. I'm looking at, the, I open the sliding door, I'm looking at it, and I'm just thinking where I'm going to have to put a, maybe a, a, a strap or a bar, and I turned around, and now I'm, against, I'm backed up to the sliding door, because that's the way I'd be going in, and I just kind of looked up like this, and I'm, I'm looking up, and I see the seatbelt hanging from the front seat, and I think, yeah, something like that. And So I just grabbed the seatbelt, and then I grab the sliding door, and I pull myself up, and, I'm, and I come right up out of the chair, I go, it's going to work. <laughs> I don't have a belt around me. And I go into the house and I said to my mom, I go, it's going to work. She goes, what's going to work? I said, well, I'm going to get into my van. She's like, how are you going to get in the van? So I tell her, and she just was like, okay. Didn't question me, didn't challenge me on it. And so then I went and I got a belt. It worked the first time I did it, and it's been, it's been working since 1986. And, you know, people say, well, and what's really, cra- what's really crazy about it is to this day, I just got it to my van. And somebody would be, well, how much longer do you think I'm able to do that? I was like, what is it? If I can't do it tomorrow, I still win. Because for over 30 years, I did it. And it saved me thousands and thousands of dollars on a lift. You know? And what it was that made me do that was my stubbornness and my not wanting to look dependent on anything or anybody. Because I didn't want to have to look dependent on a lift. And so that's why I started doing that. And I really believe part of why it worked is because the first time I tried it, I believed it was going to work. If I went out there and I said, this is never gonna work, I would have been right. <laughs> it's these are the choices that I made. This is the guy that I was beforehand. I was a super able athlete, able to do whatever, whatever I wanted to do. And then I make a bad choice. And it blows up in my face. And I have to be responsible for the choice that I made. Was the accident my fault? No, the accident was not, not my fault. But me being in that car that night in the condition I was in, that's on me. And so I have to accept that responsibility that for myself. Because we live in a time right now where everybody like, oh, it's not my fault. It Not being your fault doesn't make you not be paralyzed. Doesn't make you be not be the the brunt of that accident, and so I had to accept the responsibility as mine. So I want these boys and girls to understand they're making choices that have tremendous consequences, and they could have tremendous consequences, and they are responsible for the choices that they make,
1: and they could do they could go anywhere they want. So on behalf of everybody that's gonna watch this, thank you for your message. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being the person that you are and for sharing your story. A lot of people might not feel comfortable doing that. The fact that you are is is really helping people, so thank you for that. Well, you know, it's funny, not you're sharing your story and stuff,
0: you almost have no choice. And why I say that is because, you know, to to come and do something like this or or go speak at a school or some sort of auditorium. Well, well, people say you're an inspiration, which is very, very... You can't be given a a bigger comment to be told you're an inspiration for something. But I just live my life, you know? And if somebody takes something positive from that, that's awesome. But it's not like I woke up to like, oh my God, I am a half-a-lifer inspiring today. You know what I mean? That's not my focus necessarily. But if, if something that I've done has made somebody look at themselves like, well, shoot, if he can do that, well, well, I can do that too.